But I want to say one thing to the American people. I want you to listen to me. I'm going to say this again. I never told anybody to lie. Not a single time. Never. I never told anybody to lie. Not a single time. Never. Hi, Callie. Hey, Michelle. You know, uh, we're heading into summertime here, and you and I actually became kind of an expert on something a couple of months ago that maybe we should share with everyone. What? What is it? <laughs> <laughs> it's um those marshmallows that you can get that already have the chocolate inside. Yes, we are experts on s'mores. That's actually very true. Right. So if you're out there and you've been looking at those marshmallows with the chocolate inside, there's some there's some key there's some key factors here to getting yes. this to work good. First of all, this is not a snack. Like you will not enjoy it. Like if you, you just can't bite it, it's cold. Yeah. It's no good. So if you're getting it, like, oh, this will be fun to snack on. No, you need to just get marshmallows and chocolate bars for that, okay? Yeah. Right. So the other thing I think that's really important to remember is once you get the stick in there, you got to hold it kind of high above the fire and let it get warm inside first before you bring it down and let it sizzle and get black, right? This is but so true. then it's so true, right? But then I'll tell you something. It really gets a nice coating on the outside. I don't know what they did to that marshmallow. We should not ask. <laughs> we'll never ask. We'll never ask. Um, so I don't know what they did there, but it makes it burn really nicely. And if you get the stuff in the middle um, soft, the chocolate, it actually tastes very delicious and goes right on that. Right on your graham crackers. So Yeah, it's like pre-made marshmallows that already have a big hunk, honkin' hunk of chocolate already inside. And yeah, cold, disgusting, disgusting. heated. So it's like, that's, you know, good, good for you, capitalism. You did something. Which brings us to our guest today, which we're so excited to bring on here shortly. Elisa is in our green room and we'll bring them on here in just a moment. Elisa uh, Majub is, you can find them on Instagram. Uh, they have run an account called Deprogramming Imperialism, which uh, What we're going to be talking about today is the Unification Church, or Reverend Sung Young Moon, which some of our listeners may have heard of and some have not. And the way that this church uh, is, uh, it's complicated. There's so many layers here, but the way that this church is really winds up being very heavily involved in American contemporary American fascism. And our guest today is um, managed their way out of that cult after having been born into it, which is um, pretty amazing in and of itself. So 
Let me just tell you quickly about the, go over just some basic stuff, the boring stuff here. <laughs> There's really nothing boring about this story, but. I know, we'll I'm like, go... what is boring, but. I <laughs> yeah, know. I know, right? Um, but we'll go over kind of some of the, um, some of the preliminary stuff. Uh, what I'm going to be saying here, I'm taking from the, uh, primarily from a book titled Bad Moon Rising, How Reverend Moon Created the Washington Times, Seduced the Religious Right, and Built an American Kingdom by John Gorenfeld. Um, this book actually came out in 2007, and you can read it for free on his website. And, and also, I got it on Library Archive, which is an awesome place to get books. If you're not familiar with it, check out Library Archive, or Internet Archive. Sorry, it's Internet Archive. All right, so here's the deal. Reverend Sung Young Moon was born, by the way, January 6th. I'm not saying anything, okay? I'm <laughs> He was born on January 6th. He was born on January 6th. Okay. So, um, Reverend Chang Yung-Moon was born on January 6th, 1920. He died. I that was in... like the best birthday of his life last year. Well, he died. Um, oh. So, he didn't. Yeah, Watch he died. Heaven. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I mean, he definitely, we'll get into it. He'd definitely be very, very pleased um, with that, I would think. Um, but we'll ask our guest. But um, so 1922, 2012 is when he died. And he's a, Kore a Korean religious leader. And he started what, for the most part, we're just going to keep calling the Unification Church, which started uh, May 1st, 1954. Here's what's a, like an overlap from something that we talk about on this sh on this show a lot when it comes to spycraft is one of the things that our CIA, Bush family, you know, all that's coming in here. Do you know it's true? You already know you're going to hear that when you pull up to a secret episode. Mm -hmm. um, but um, the, the Unification Church does a lot uh, with changing names. Like they have an alphabet soup of their own that really rivals our our own CIA and, and just how many letters and different different names that they go by to be confusing. So for the most part, we're going to call it the Unification Church. And the adherents to this church are a lot of times known as Unificationists, but a name that maybe more people might remember or know is sometimes they're called Moonies. Uh, so, which is for me, I remember the Moonies in the eighties cause I was a kid in the eighties and I, it was a joke. I probably, my parents probably told jokes about the Moonies, right? Kind of, you know, like it was people, you know, it was, it was a cult that people knew about. Um, but then, you know, I didn't hear about it anymore. I think I actually, until very recently, honestly, until seeing, uh, hearing Elisa on podcasts and seeing them, seeing their social media, I think really is where I'm like, oh, this is still a thing. And boy, is it, is it ever a thing? Mm -hmm. So, um, but so that was, that was something that I do recall as being out there. But again, that that bait and switch kind of, you know, having all the different names, like, like we see with the CIA doing all of that alphabet soup, all these different organizations that very right wing we've talked about before 
goes for very small groups of people, right? Is that a cookie baking club? Well, get over there and get them lined up, you know, with the right wing, right? So uh, I think the, the Unification Church was very good at this. But another, they were out in the airports also with the flowers and the pamphlets and things that we usually associate with Krishna. I think they had a, had a similar appearance out in the public, which was like another way that they were able to, when they diversified, let's put it that way, diversified and went into other businesses, okay, um, that this was, this was a way that they could hide some of these religious roots, which Scientology is also doing right now as well. So Moon considers himself the second coming of Christ, um, literally. So, um, all right, I'm just going to read one part of this book before a little couple little paragraphs from here before we bring Elisa on. So, um, all right, for all the paranoid fantasies of cult uprising, the real revolution around the corner, the 1980 victory of Ronald Reagan, truly revolution, right? In that White House, mm -hmm. celebrated ideas poles apart from the mass mind creeds of post-hippie California. From its origins in the 1964 Goldwater campaign, the conservative insurgency glorified the rugged American individual. It also promised answers for parents horrified by the radical new ways of life cho chosen by their offspring. Reagan had vowed to clean up the mess at Berkeley and its orgies in 1966. The pledge resonated beyond just the student protests, taken as a promise that there would be an answer to attacks on tradition. Eventually, the path blazed by Reagan-era activists would take America down the long road to the Bush dynasty, and the sincere belief in many quarters was that George Bush White House, White Houses, not only the commander-in-chief, but the national preserver of old-time religion and family, which we saw with him before. So Moon, Moon had his feet in both worlds, both change and backlash. On the one hand, it was his own communes that the older generations found frightful. They housed 7,000 American dropouts by the late 1970s, while tens of thousands of others followed Moon. On the other hand, his troops marched in the name of reaction. Clean-cut and sexually regimented, they venerated Nixon, spoke of banishing free sex, and said they were starting the world's first perfect families. So, Moon comes in, like, like so many of the other things we've talked about here, playing both sides, making, creating this fear, and then having this, uh, having this other, creating both sides, like creating this, like, we're going to clean up, the very things that we're already promoting. So, right. Hello, Alisa. Welcome. We're so happy to have you here. Hi. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And so, you've been doing a lot of education. It says this is from Alisa's Patreon, which we will have up um, for everyone on our social media. But you're part of a coalition of ex Moonies called Deprogramming Imperialism, and you're in the process of exposing the true story behind this cult, and it's a relationship to, like, American imperialism, American fascism right now. 
Yeah. Uh, so it's 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 uh, it turns out it's a it's a very large undertaking. Uh, it's been a pretty important tool and back channel for uh, imperialist and fascist political movements, uh, basically since its inception. And I would argue that that maybe was its actual purpose from the beginning. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, that makes great sense. He says that because he started the Washington Times, which was started in 1982, and even said this is this is the way to teach Americans about God. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, so a funny thing about that is that I know that the CIA was trying to buy the Washington Star at one point, And later on, that went bankrupt. And then, lo and behold, the Washington Times pops up, buys it, and now they've got that outlet, basically. <laughs> oh, wow. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, so they had expressed interest in it before, too. So it was like, oh, they got that one. Okay, so that's very, because, like, to this day, the Unification Church owns the Washington Times. It's And it's interesting what you're saying that the CIA was already trying to get a paper, which probably wouldn't go down very well. Like the American, you know, in Amer you know, the CIA owning a paper wouldn't, at least in 1982, maybe now nobody would care, but 1982 would have been terrible. Or as someone else pointed out, even like, even like a church in, in this country owning that a kind of a paper would have been called out. It was just, it's interesting the way Moon gets to come in under the radar on all of these. Right. It's like, a, it's a very well-kept secret that's honestly not even that well-kept at this point. Um, I, it seems to be that there's a lot more uh, understanding and knowledge in other countries of like the, the role that the Unification Church has played in destabilizing the world environment and uh, fighting against communism. Uh, that, I mean, clearly is a little bit missing in America, uh, right. <laughs> which is right. where deprogramming imperialism hopefully comes in uh, to sort of explain that because a lot of people here, you know, just like living in the imperial core, it's we're not taught that sort of stuff. And there, it, there's not as much hearsay of it because, uh, you know, people aren't being as actively and quite as many murdered on American soil by that specific, like by the death squads that the, the UC supports, for instance. Uh, right. not, not to say that there haven't been people who have died on American soil and many of them at that because of it uh, and other reasons, other Mooney things. Uh, but, you know, what I'm saying, so... Mm -hmm. there are levels to it yeah right because we do get to like yes this gets to like these these this mooney church the unification church actually training dust squads and having lots of money to do it so all right so let's let's back up a little bit and put this to scale as for your own life so you were born into the unification church your father had also been joined, born into the Unification Church, right? Uh, no, both both of my parents joined uh, of their own volition, well, quote unquote, of their own volition. Okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, but uh, so my dad is from Tunisia and my mom is from Indiana. Uh, okay. They were one of Moon's arranged marriages. Um, oh. So they didn't know each other at all before that. And they just got matched together. And then they have ended up spending the rest of their life together. Um, not that I would say that they have been super happy in that arrangement. Okay. Um, as, a, as a lot of couples 
aren't, honestly, because just, you know, matching randomly two people together is not exactly the best way to go about, you know, having uh, a, a relationship. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's kind of a recipe for disaster in a lot of cases. And uh, that's just a consistent thing I've seen in a lot of, like, arranged Mooney matches. Um, to the point where I think nowadays... Uh, they're doing more of like a family matching or sometimes the church is still doing it, but it's sometimes also like, oh, if a kid, if somebody is like grown up in the church and they're like, oh, I have a crush on this person, they can talk to their parents about it and like maybe their parents can talk to that person's parents and do that sort of arranged thing kind of like deal. I see. Okay. But yes. it's like, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> I was just going to say teenagers choosing their partners always works out too. <laughs> Oh my god, no, it's ridiculous, yeah. Uh, my family uh, tried to get me matched off when I was like 15, 16, and I thought I wanted that at that point, and going through the process convinced me to, it was part of the reason I ended up leaving, because I was like, this is actually not what I want at all. Uh, I am way too young to make this choice. Yes, but, well, at least you yeah. have a forethought to know that. Yeah, it, it took me a while to, to figure out, uh, you know, but... At least I got there before yeah. I had to deal with getting married to somebody I didn't even know. Yeah. Yeah, that's it's that's a very just that's a very foreign concept to me, right? That's terrifying to put myself in that situation. Did you so like growing up as a as a little kid, you have siblings, you go to regular school, like how does that look in your house? So, I'm an only child, which is a little bit rare in the Moonies since, you know, the whole uh, ideology of the church is basically like have children, have a successful, happy family. Not that any of the families are really happy, right. <laughs> but there a lot of Mooney families are large because of that or have at least at least two children. You know what I mean? So it's, it's more rare to have like an only child. Uh, so that I was like strange in that regard. <laughs> um, uh-huh. uh, sorry, what was the second part of your question there? Oh, and so, so, do, oh, did you go to, you went to public school? So I did go to public schools, uh, which was interesting because it felt like I had to live like a, like a double life and mm-hmm. like either not let kids around me know exactly what was going on or lie and be like, oh, I've got a boyfriend in another school, which they definitely didn't believe. <laughs> right? um, but I said it anyway, just, you know, like to get people off my back or whatever, because, you know, like they would tease you if you didn't date, even like in elementary school, if you weren't dating somebody and you didn't get laughed at or whatever. Right. Uh, so at that point, I was just like, oh, no, I like <laughs> he goes to another school. <laughs> um, right. Yeah, clearly lying, clearly. Um, but the truth would have been even more awkward at that point, I think. So um, and, you know, that was one of those things. It, like, as I started to get older, I was just like, oh, God, I kind of want to date. And I, that was also another reason I left the church, because I just wanted to go out there and like have some fun, uh-huh. maybe have some sex, uh, yeah. not deal with this bullshit anymore, and, like, not have to, like, just get married to somebody because I want to fuck them. Like, you know, that's Ooh. just... Yeah. Ooh, that's, yeah. That's a bad choice. <laughs> so, I have a question, which is, I guess, like, I think about, I went to high school with, like, some Mormon kids, but there was, like, groups of them, so they could at least, even if it was only, like, five or six of them, they could at least like have each other's backs. Like, did you have any other Moonies that went to your school or was it just you? 
It was just me. Um, so I know a lot of other Moonies had the experience where there were at least a few other Moonies or, you know, a significant amount at their school, depending upon where they lived. Uh, but for me, I went away to school in Virginia and it was in a small town and uh, I was the only one. And before that, uh, an elementary school for a couple of years, I had some friends uh, that were Moonies that were in my school, but then we, we moved to another town. And then after that point, it was like, nope. <laughs> Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. So it sounds like isolating and and hard. It was, in addition but to at, all the isolation of being in a cult. In a way, so going away to I went away to school in Virginia, uh, and that is actually another reason that I ended up leaving because it gave me the distance to like sort of think more for myself. Uh, I met openly queer people for the first time and was like, oh my God, you're not evil. <laughs> it was like, whoa. And then, you know, later in my life, after I left an all-girls school, was the, the time that I figured out that I was queer. And I was like, oh, I could have actually dated people. But, you know, that was not in the cards for me. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, you know, I don't know. It, it was a good experience overall because it really did get me away from the immediate cult environment enough to, like, start thinking. Yeah. That seems like a huge getting that little bit of space from the propaganda because it's so thick. You it know, is. I mean, right. It's every day incessant. And if somebody else is not saying it to you, you're saying it in your head. Mm. You know what I mean? And right. to this day, I haven't, like, it's a thing that I'll be unpacking until the day that I fucking die. You know what I mean? Sure. Because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. it just, like, the ramifications of being raised in a certain, like, very strict ideology or that, like, even today, sometimes I call moon true father and i catch myself and i'm like oh that feels really bad i hate that i don't want to say that um but it's a reflective thing it just comes out of my mouth and i'm like i hate this man so much and i'm glad he's dead but like still old cult brain go hard sometimes you know what i mean yeah um and yeah. it's something i have to just be consistently aware of in my life because you know like i might be prone to falling into toxic situations just because I was raised to think that they were normal. Mm -hmm. uh, right. I mean, and I, I mean, that's interesting that that still go the true father aspect, yeah. because let's kind of, let's, that's, let's contextualize that for folks that are listening. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do that. So, like, uh, Reverend Sun Young Moon his, and his wife consider themselves to be the true parents of, of everyone, actually, and, um, and actually wound up having a ceremony. This is, this is really bizarre, but wound up having a ceremony that made them the true parents of the United States. And yeah. And they, <laughs> so they did this at, on, on Capitol Hill. Do I have this right? They did this. Yeah, in that's, some, yeah. that's right. Right. So and it like, was in 2004, which was Bush era, you know, our, our right. W era. Oh, right. Right. We're, we're right. We're trucking right along in the middle of, right of baby W's presidency. So they have this, like they get a room. I guess the thing is, is that some people that were there, like it's just a room like at Capitol Hill. Like I'm getting like, it's kind of like a conference room or something. Like you're going in to get donuts and the next thing you know, like you're kind of like, <laughs> there were people who said, like I didn't really know what I was seeing, but it was Moon and his wife 
being crowned. Am I getting this story right, Elisa? <laughs> I believe so, yeah. I think there were some people that they probably kind of entrapped into the situation. Although I do believe that there were also some people who were like, I didn't know what I was getting into, who definitely did. You know what I mean? Okay. Just mm-hmm. That as a cover. Um, <laughs> but right. I think it's probably a both situation in that case because Moonies tend to do that. <laughs> right. So all, all of the things coming together, people who definitely knew that this was happening, people who were just like, yeah, I don't know what that was all about, but I guess it started kind of, you know, more kind of normal. Like we're all in this room and it ended with this actual like pageant of them being crowned the true parents of the United States, which they would consider themselves to be other, you know, anybody belonging to the unification church would believe this to be this is happening with like congress people you know you know coming uh, being present right um you have presidents who are agreeing with um with what moon is bringing saying well you know this heathless country um and moon's finally bringing this you know um this uh these traditional values that we're all about here and you know okay another odd thing that he does too that's really overwhelming honestly is he claims to channel moon claims to channel dead presidents (laughs) 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 who all come in to say like you america needs to follow moon like that's so Well, that's very convenient that he's channeling those messages. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Right. Uh, My favorite one that I read was that, like, not just presidents, but also he channeled, like, Buddha. Oh, wow. Good for Yeah. And Buddha, this is great, because Buddha doesn't come in to say anything like, hey, man, of course you're right, because, like, all is one, which would kind of make sense. You know, he'd be like, of course, all the, you know, Buddha comes in and says, you know, man, I was wrong about everything I ever said. You're right. (laughs) (laughs) So humble. Right. (laughs) I guess I want to, just since we're on the topic of, like, presidents and crazy shit this dude did i watched like a couple videos and there was like one thing that really stuck out to me was like after um nixon was like potentially getting impeached for watergate he like went on a hunger strike on the steps of the capitol to be like don't impeach nixon nixon rocks which i think is funny yeah Moonies were consistently, like, uh, especially in that period, I mean, I would say till till this day, too, just constantly pulling weird little political stunts like that. I know, like, they used members to, like, obviously go, like, be counter-protesters for things or protest various things and, like, start brawls at protests, all kinds of shit. I mean, even tracks up until today, like, Rod of Iron being at January 6th, you know what I mean? So it's, Mm. it's a consistent thing. Oh, so that's, like, part... Okay, so this is part of like what? Okay, because I'm, you know, I'm right here on this heavenly deception stuff too. Yeah. I'm looking right down at that. So, like, lying's wrong unless you have to do it on behalf of Moon, basically. Right. If because if God says, you know, God lies too sometimes. Right. So right. apparently that's fine. 
Yeah, as long as you, as long as you're getting, as long as it's, God lies for good reasons. And like Mooney's lie for good reasons. And, (laughs) you know, like, I love it. The whole thing is sort of like, if we have to lie to people to get me in power, then that's right. And so like what that goes along with this, like showing up to these protests and pretending to be the opposition. Is that what you're, is that what you're saying? I think they actually, I mean, they actually were the opposition in that case. I mean, like a lot of the the people in the crowd, probably a lot of them at least believed it. There were probably, you know, certain plants there that would lead people or, you know, whatever. But like, what I'm saying is that they would gather groups of people and bring them to the protests to either like protest something or to counter protest things. And then they would start fights with the other group or whatever. And just like, you know, just, you know, all kinds of wild shit like that. Um, a lot of it happened on like college campuses. Uh, so there was one of the many alphabet uh, groups of the the Moon Umbrella uh, is a, a group called Harp back in the day. I think it might still be active actually. Um, uh-huh. uh, it's a college association for the research of principles. Uh, vague ass name. But basically, it just right. yeah, it, it doesn't say it. You, what what is the research of principles like? I mean, given I guess the, it's the principles, the Elisa, it's principles. Oh, yeah. Don't you know? You know Jeez, that's super obvious. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in the in the Mooney in the Mooney doctrine, I guess the 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 holy book is the divine principle. But like, still, regardless, like the name is not not super clear. You know what I mean? So like right. anybody who's coming at it from the outside, it just it's just like a what the fuck kind of name. Very funny that it's a fish too. Um, <laughs> the Moonies have quite a quite a uh, fishing industry, oh. but um, so yeah, this this group basically just like you know uh, gets a bunch of college students to join the group because they are uh, you know in a very transitional period of their life where they don't have a community anymore really, or they are separated from their family, experiencing new things, searching for meaning in their life, who they're going to be as a person. Mm-hmm. And that's a very, a very, you know, like, that's a very vulnerable time for a person, uh, especially, you know, people just coming out of adolescence, too, um, which is, you know, why the church loves poaching people at that point, because it's like, wow, look at all these kids with their bright young futures. They're going to college. We're going to get you to join. Maybe you'll drop out or maybe and be a fundraiser for us <laughs> for a while. And then you'll get like a mediocre job in one of the church businesses someday down the line that won't provide it sounds like the fucking army dude like it sounds like the army does shit like this like Mm -hmm. other christian organizations go to high like one of my somebody i know the other day was just we were talking about you know stuff that was weird in high school and they were like yeah i remember being in high school and we had these christian groups coming to try to get them to come to some cool christian summer camp and they would like only go after like the most attractive people in the school because it's all Mm -hmm. part of like this weird eugenic christian plan Right. you know the moonies it's it's like i don't want to necessarily draw too many comparisons because like the moonies is like a fucked up cult and like it's very different than what a lot of people go through but at the same time there's like a ton of fucking comparisons to like christianity the army america like all this stuff it's just like on a on a way more not when you're in it, but when you look at it from the outside, it's like more obvious. And like so much yeah. of the other stuff is just so ingrained into our society. Like, I feel like people are so deep. They don't notice that like we're living in a massive cult, but you know, a different yeah. type. Cause I don't want to belittle or like 
demean like I don't want to make say like anything that that you've been through is something that like everybody experiences but maybe they all do on like a much smaller scale uh, there yeah again there are levels to it there's there's like at this point there's a cult for everybody and most people are going to belong to multiple cults at some point in their lives just because of the nature of our society and the way that everything has been uh weaponized uh like not even all cults are religious you know obviously mm. uh sometimes people join an exercise cult or sometimes people mm. join an improv cult like i did when i left my <sighs> original cult <laughs> so, oh. and then i left that and i still <gasps> like improv in ways but you know there's definitely some mk ultra ish like uh <sighs> history to that as well <laughs> which is oh. uh, i i learned through uh, a little bit of research that uh, the improv guru Del Close was one of the guys uh, who did the electric acid uh, Kool-Aid experiments with Ken Kesey. Oh, no. <laughs> and was apparently, I think, also maybe involved in an army acid test before that. Mm, so, you crazy. know, that was, that was <laughs> right. the era. People would tell weird stories about the guy, like he'd be asleep or something and his like hands would be in the air and, you know, he'd be zonked out, but like he would say something and his hands would like look at you or whatever. And I was what? like, there, there's something really weird about this. I need to look into this more. Like there were just so many weird stories about the guy and like, sure enough, it seems like he might have been some sort of weird subject so it's like oh god the further you dig into this shit it's just like there are so many instances of that and like uh -huh. it's horrifying honestly like you think of like all of the authors that have had like connections to all of this shit like george orwell fucking yeah ken kesey uh i yeah like I mean, the list goes on, obviously. I'm not even naming a fraction of all the people. I, I have a lot of questions about Don DeLillo. But mm. I have some questions. I've got questions <laughs> about that guy. Um, yeah, I haven't done nearly enough research on it. But uh, I, I definitely have a few like little suspicions there because some of that stuff is... And he did write a book that was partly inspired by the Moonies called Mao Too um oh, and yeah oh. the opening scene is uh basically like a, a moony mass wedding basically right oh 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 that's bringing that you're tying that in there for me oh yeah this is so interesting i'm curious with the i love this improv stuff so of course i'm yeah. curious about this story so like what are there certain things that because i can kind of see it now that you're saying it are there yeah. certain things in the engagement of like improv that like are help you become cult-like like are there suggestions that happen i'm interested curious yeah absolutely i think a lot of the exercises really help you sort of like disconnect from your body get into a different mm. mind frame uh you know it's a lot about dissociation it's a lot about group think it's an mm. incredible amount about group think there's even a warm-up game called mind meld <laughs> where Whoa. uh you go around in a group and two people say a word at once and then you go around and at some point you're trying to end on the exact same word based on like context clues from the words that have been said before um, and that were just said. Um, that one can be very fun if you're around. I mean, like this is the whole thing about improv is you have to do it with people that you trust uh, uh -huh. and that, right. uh, you know, are trustworthy because otherwise you, people will cross your boundaries at the very least. Uh, mm -hmm. And you might just get into some very strange, toxic, very unhealthy group dynamics uh, and also lose a lot of money while you're at it because the classes oh. cost a lot. 
Um, oh, no. And if you're going through, if you're going through one of like the programs in like a big city like Chicago or something like that, each of the institutions where you, where you learn is very culty. Um, and then there's like mm. a certain political game you'll have to like play to get onto the teams and shit like that. And it's just very hierarchical and competitive and just. Eh. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. Yeah. And you know, and two of most improv, I think, is usually about coming to a comedic end. Perhaps there's right, some. Right. Yeah. Right. So I know just like comedy itself is about agreement. And that's like, if you want to make a joke, you agree with what the per whatever the person just said to you, you go into yeah. like, well, you should dive into this black hole. And, you know, and you're like, well, that's right. And I'll take this can opener with me or whatever. Right, the whole it's, yes and thing. It's like right. not to have boundaries, basically. Uh, right, that's what I was thinking. In a way, it is. Like, it's like a subtle way of doing that. Because even if it's like, oh, don't do that in your real life. Like, it's like your character has to. And it's just like there. It's also, I think there's like a certain narrative building aspect to it. A certain, like. Uh, exploring possible I feel like there's like you know the whole like CIA exploration of multiple personalities mm -hmm. I feel like there might be something to that of that because I I feel like it does definitely like sort of have you tap into different parts of yourself that maybe like I you know I just have I have questions about that this is so fucking interesting with, right yeah anything having to do with personality and behavior like that I feel like is very uh like a of of fertile grounds for them to have probably experimented in since they did so much sociological stuff, which is, and I think that was honestly probably a large component of MK Ultra that was maybe not as, uh, yeah. I mean, obviously a lot of those experiments never, like they supposedly deleted all the files, right? So we're never going to get mm -hmm. that information. Um, but I think a lot of the stuff that they kept out of the public eye was more sociological and psychological in nature, sort of. Yeah, I agree. Like, it's not like the real MK Ultra that gets used on us all the time is a little bit more subtle. Yeah, it's yeah. It's, and like, I think there were definitely like, you know, the more overt and obvious parts of it. Uh, and like, you know, like, uh, proceeding experiments and stuff like that. Uh, but I, I think a lot of it is definitely like manipulations of society and um, mm -hmm. thought. And yeah, honestly, uh, and, it, and it all does go back like, to Nazi stuff on eugenics at the end of the day, because right. uh, there is, I think, a, a very coordinated effort uh, of menticide uh, that's going on because, like, you know, clearly uh, the government and the powers that be are not very happy with certain neurotypes uh, and certain personality traits, and they want to try to either eradicate those from our population by breeding them out or whatever, or forcing them out or, uh, you know, coercing us in it through subtle or overt means into not possessing those certain traits. Um, and there's another little, uh, honestly, like route, like a little rabbit hole that I've been digging into is mm -hmm. uh, Navy research on autism. Uh, oh. I'm an autistic person. Mm -hmm. And it seems to be that there is, I, I, and I need to look more into this, honestly, but, um, so going back into more modern things, uh, the awful right-wing pundit guy, Jack Posobiec, he used to be a, a Navy mm -hmm. Intel guy, right? He talks about weaponization of autism a lot. Mm. Um, and as I am learning, it seems like there might be a history to that and that that might, and the, the, the press like, I guess the um, idea about that is being able to weaponize an autistic person's talents and uh, vulnerabilities mm. 
both against them and against society as well. Um, so that comes into, yeah, honestly. So that comes into things like Gamergate and stuff like that. Um, yeah. And then I also recently found out that there, uh, the army, I think it's the army intelligence school recently started an autism community uh, at one of, uh, oh gosh, I forget where it was. I think maybe North Carolina or something like that. I could be completely wrong. Um, but they just started this, yeah, this whole community for people specifically on the spectrum. And I'm just wondering, you know, like what's, what's under that because. Yeah. I mean, think about like fucking the, I would think Timothy McVeigh is giving autism. I would think, um, Ted Kaczynski is giving autism and like these people who are like, you know, victims of U.S. mind control experiments. And I'm like, I don't know. That's very cool thing to bring up, Elisa. It's got my brain going for sure. That's one that my brain goes on, honestly, a lot as well. And uh, tying it back into the Mooney thing, you know, obviously a cult does a certain amount to uh, regulate the uh, uh, behavior of its subject. Um, but there's clearly more that they're trying to go for there, you know, than maybe just like specifically like, uh, coercive social behavior control. And I like, that's clearly a large part of it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I, I just have a lot of questions and a lot of things that are unanswered for me in this area. Uh, lot of worries though (laughs) yeah i mean i agree i mean like one thing that ties back a little with the autism like not only can there be certain skills that autistic people might have that could be weaponized but something i and this ties in with the bushes when they did no child left behind was their school program in 2005 i mean i i mean i sat down and read that i'm i'm dyslexic and so like um, you know, and as you get older, when you're a kid, it's hard to read, but as you get older, so you get, you get better skills and you get better at it. So I'm able to like work with my dyslexia now in ways that I, I was never taught to do. But here's the point is that with that no child left behind, what that huge program was, that shift in the public school system did effectively was absolutely completely disenfranchise anyone. I mean, it was hard enough before the no child left behind to get through the school system as somebody with any neurodivergence. But from that moment on, this was one of the first things I said about it. You're disenfranchising all of these kids. They're not going to be able to get, they're not going to be able to learn in the school system at all. So you have, you have that, so you have, you have, I feel like it goes along with what you're saying. If this is true, doing these experiments and weaponizing autism, that's a really great way to do it too. Cause you create all these very like desperate, intellectually desperate autistic people. Just a thought to go along with all of that's that. Interesting, yeah. yeah, I would agree with that. And I think there's also something to it uh, because I saw that autism speaks, you know, a notorious, Mm. awful purveyor of ABA. Mm -hmm. Uh, They have also a partnership with the Navy to try to help employ more autism people. (sighs) So take that as you will. I don't know exactly what the the parameters or whatever of that are there. Uh, But I stumbled onto that bit of information on the internet and I'm like, well, seems like you're either trying to monetize us or... uh, I, you know, like it, there seems to be like, I don't know, like maybe there seems 
obviously ABA kind of shit, you know, pops into their behavior modification. Uh, I'm like, yeah, uh, I don't know. A lot of autistic people just can't deal with like a, a, a regular job under capitalism, you know, and that's, that's fine. And, you know, it's just not something everybody should be forced into under those circumstances. For sure. For sure. And I think that that's when you say, I feel like there's this movement in these different ways against autistic people. This is part of the, I mean, this has been on my mind the last like week in a way of just really like, like, wow, it is really threatening to capitalism because we don't really function that way. Right. right. You know, yeah. um, neurodivergent people in general don't really, really function that way. And um, but still, like if you if you let us again, I don't I'm not I mean, I'm dyslexic and I think that's on the autism spectrum. But if you let me, I get a lot of not that things need to be focused on production, but since that is kind of what we're talking about here, I get a lot done on my own. Right. Yeah, and if I yeah. can just kind of go in a circle and do a little bit, a couple things here. Right. They don't want you to go in a circle. At no. your job. <laughs> they want absolute like peak productivity every minute. Yes. Robot kind yeah. of shit. It's like I am a human being. Special, right specialized they want everyone to specialize like a Ford factory. And we all know Ford was a Nazi. Right. Okay. So like and and in fact, like genocides, especially, you know, uh, during World War II with gas chambers in World War II, those were based on Ford factory um, protocols. So, yeah. like, like it all goes together here. It this... does, because, honestly, after World War II, all of those Nazi experiments and all of the Japanese experiments from Unit 731 were absorbed by, guess who, uh, <sighs> the American intelligence apparatus. And... Um, uh-huh then I think, you know, continued through other experiments like MKUltra, MKNaomi, MKSurge, et cetera, throughout the years. Um, and that's, you know, uh, like the foundations of today are basically horrific medical experiments uh, that have led in a lot of, I, I mean, like, honestly, World War One and World War Two laid a horrific foundation for today's world that we're still feeling the repercussions of. And right. Honestly, it's not going to stop anytime soon because this stuff is still going on and the technology that was invented then has either been uh, nearly perfected at this point or, uh, mm. you know, very much uh, enhanced. <laughs> so, right. yeah. And I, it just makes me think, too, about, like, the ways that you can use, like, just talking about, like, the wider, I guess, umbrella of, like, disability and disabled people and how they contribute to society and America's standards of contributing society. Like you see certain institutions who want to take advantage of like autistic people in a specific with a specific part of the spectrum that could maybe make them be manipulated in certain ways. But then you also see like a huge part of society being like complete, like like a lot of disabled or immunocompromised people being like just exiled from society because of COVID. And it's just like, yeah, I mean, we're living in a eugenic state, but it's like interesting Mm -hmm. to see, especially like weaponizing, like social justice things, like, you know, people that know, know autism speaks is some bullshit, but like a regular, regular person who's just like, hasn't thought about it that much is going to be like, who's going to, who would think that this, you know, thing helping autism could be bad. Meanwhile, they're like, contributing to to the eugenist experiment in this like really fucked up way 
Right, because their whole MO is to cure autism, which is, that's, no, don't, don't do that. Because, like, that's yeah. literally something people are born with that doesn't actually affect their function if you weren't to live under such a fucked up society. Right. <laughs> like, right. It's I all, think most it's... of us would be a lot better off with that. Like, I mean, clearly there would still be challenges, you know what I mean? But, like, the having to live and monetize yourself and you know Mm -hmm. all of that shit is just like if we lived in a more community-based society and in the past people who have lived in community-based societies have really it seemed valued people who were maybe on the spectrum uh or neurodivergent in some way more uh and you know obviously taking care of them more because there were limits and it's you know people have places in the past understood it's more like a give and take thing like you know give what you can take what you need like yeah right and allowing people who think outside of a factory model just to like do stuff like they're always trying to stop us from doing stuff that's the other thing like (laughs) like, okay so for for me i'm on disability because of my autism and Mm -hmm. i feel like uh the amount of money they give you is not even livable and uh, like it's just like after i've paid my bills i'm like what am i gonna do for fun now how am i going to enjoy my life i don't have any money to do that with and now i'm actually you know in the red because i've got to like ask for money from my family uh Mm -hmm. because bills so Mm -hmm. it's 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 a constant frustration you know well, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we brought up the the CDE, the CDC. I mean, you know, and that's all part and parcel of this, too, to keep everybody. Of course, why should it be? Why shouldn't it be enough money for you? And you should have some fun, like, obviously. Right. Yeah. Um, but the CDC got brought, you know, into this, too, which I wanted to bring up here that in 2003, like, this isn't 19. 19- 20 everybody okay in 2003 uh the cdc decided that there was only one group who was qualified to take no bid contract for hiv aids awareness training in nigeria and it was the interreligious and international federation for world peace guess whose alphabet soup that is yeah so it's a unification church the cdc in the United States, the Center for Disease Control decided that this was going to be the ambassador group, was going to be um, the Moonies to do HIV and education work in, in you know, missionary work. The CDC yeah. decided this. And I believe like, they did some of this in America, too, because I remember as a kid they had something called, wait, uh, World AIDS International Team, because apparently they... Yes. Uh, First of all, name. Oh, my God. Uh, Second of all, all, it was just like they would have these kids put on like dumb little skits about like being T-cells chasing each other or whatever is what I remember about it from my childhood. It was so cringe. Oh, and then they would all like do like break dancing, I think. Uh, uh, and like <laughs> I think that was why people would want to do it because they were like, yeah, I want to go and do this dancing. So I'm gonna join the weight team. It's so cool. We get to dance, and that's how they would get people on board because they just wanted to do a dance thing. Sure. And they want to fucking say that drag queens are grooming people, like right. honestly, right? right. Honestly. I mean, the White House gave a billion dollars for abstinence education in Africa in this in 2003. A billion dollars. 
So that's going to like noon for this. Yeah. Um, which is crazy. And already, I forget now I lost my note with how much like, but Moon has people out on the streets, I think, to this day, work, you know, taking in donations, selling things. Uh, looks like, And, I mean, it's something like $40 million a day or something. Like, it's some insane amount of money that, at least at his height, he was bringing in every day from adherents, from Moonies out on, on the street. So, put that in here, too. Right. There was an insane amount of money that was coming from fundraising teams and church donations that they would basically force out of people or, you know, coerce them into giving. Right. Uh, as well as obviously all of the church businesses, uh, the sushi industry, uh, right. fresh, fish industry, fresh fish industry, all the weapons uh, industries, all of their media outlets, et cetera, et cetera. And then uh, on to top of that off, uh, probably even more, black money funds flowing into it for some of the more hmm. covert uh, and clandestine work that they Right, do. which is all that CIA stuff. As for right. businesses, here's some that I wrote down. I think these may all fall under the True World Foods. Um, big. These all might be all might fall under there, but these are all things that like the Unification Church has large holdings in. So it's real estate from Latin America to Manhattan. Uh, diamonds and jewelry, gun factories, TV production, um, healthcare, software, uh, Manhattan's Hammerstein Ballroom. Okay. Uh, right. I know, right? The New Yorker Hotel, uh, University of Bridgeport, uh, Wire Service, United International, United Press International. I mean, these are just some things, but these are all. You know, so there's the Unification Church owns all of these businesses. Government money, they get government contracts to do things that you would never really think. I mean, maybe these days we recognize how much tax, American tax money goes to churches because Bush was big on that. You know, he gave a lot of taxes that were going to um, nonprofit organizations for like domestic violence shelters and like queer teens and like all this stuff. He gave all this, that, those grants back to churches. That was one of the big things he was doing W during his campaign. So I'm sure, you know, moon was like, don't you say, <laughs> or whatever. I'm sure yeah, you got to fall down the, the moon, Jerry Falwell rabbit hole at some point too. Oh, it's got to be horrific. And uh, also Richard Vigory, I believe, the guy who started, like, mailing lists, church mailing lists or something yes. like that. Yeah. Yes. That was, um, and also, like, that was somehow connected to Bush, too. Like, like he got, he wound up getting on, like, the same mailing list, like, through the Moonies somehow. And that kind of, like, like, the Republican Party was using it. I, you know, I, I just watched, like, I didn't take any notes. I just watched a YouTube video and it's ringing a bell. But, you know. The Bush yeah. They're out here. It goes yeah. deep. It goes deep. <laughs> They're all about it. I mean, the bushes and like, you know what? Because uh, initially, you know, someone had asked me when I said that you were going to come on the show, Lisa. Somebody asked me, well, what, you know, what do the Moonies believe? I'm like, you know what? Just like shorthand, like anything Marjorie Taylor Greene says, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. So, 
situationally, pretty much, yeah. Their uh, individual Moonies can fall on a spectrum from, like, moderate to very right-wing, generally. Okay. Uh, I feel like they're, like, a couple a couple more demi-Moonies. Uh, like, Democrat, I guess, not mm-hmm. demisexual. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, there's probably that, too. You know what right. I mean? But, uh, yeah, like, uh, generally a pretty right-wing group, for sure. Um, and uh, so, like, it's also interesting how it falls because uh, since there has been the schism in the church, um, and now there are at least three main groups, uh, there's H1, uh, which is won by one of the sons. There's Rod of Iron, which is one of the sh- sons, Sean Moon, and his brother, uh, uh, who owns Car Arms. And is that uh, the guy that they... wears like the bullet crown? Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're they are actually getting. Uh, it looks like uh, guerrilla warfare training from some ex special <sighs> ops guys. Oh. So very concerning things to keep an eye on. Um, and then, of course, there's the mainline church. Um, but uh, interesting interesting fact about uh, the Rod of Iron guys is they actually want to kill their mother, uh, who uh, who is running the mainline church. But not just kill her, but behead her. So, uh, guys? Yeah. <laughs> Take a fucking chill yeah. pill. What the fuck? For real. They call her stuff. Like, like, they say that she's, like, had sex with Satan and stuff like that. And that, oh. like... All kinds Jesus. of crazy shit. Yeah. It's, oh. It's a trip. Because she's now also trying to change the church and say that she was the Messiah after all. Oh. Um, which they're mad about because they're like, oh no, I'm it. I'm the Messiah. Right. <laughs> so it's, it's the Messiah showdown. Um, and they're having like a big like lawsuit where... I don't know. They've lost a ton of money. Um, I'm not sure, you know, how much it is in comparison to what they actually have in assets, you know? Right. I really don't know um, because I feel like the total amount of money that they have is kind of unknowable at this point and uh, probably only a couple people at the top really know that. Yeah. I mean, if they can even count that high. I mean, just like, I was looking at the numbers. I'm like, yeah, I don't even know. I don't even know if we have enough zeros for this. This is like, it's just like, it's up there with like Saudi Arabian royal money. Like it's so much money. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's an insane amount of money. And, uh, yeah. Uh, funny story. Uh, one of Moon's daughters was briefly for one episode on a so- show called Survival of the Richest, just to oh give you an idea of the <laughs> amount of money we have. I think she got voted off on the first one, too, because she didn't want to party. It's like, girl, everybody, like, that's the weird thing about the church is that they, like, the higher-ups were clearly partying and doing a lot of very illicit stuff, uh, doing a lot of, you know, weird sex shit, probably not all consensual actually definitely not all consensual and as well as like just a lot of drugs and then of course you know like the the, the mainline members you're not you're not supposed to you're supposed to live a life of austerity and only like have sex right. with one person for the rest of your life and never drink or anything but clearly these guys were doing the good cocaine because they got it straight from <sighs> south america because they were helping smuggle <sighs> it kind of shit you know what i mean um, and that's yeah. kind of where some of the Iran-Contra stuff comes into play, mm-hmm. um, because uh, the Moonies and uh, the World Anti-Communist League, which the Moonies funded about 80-85% of, uh, Moon claimed, I think, uh, there was yeah. a document that one of, my, uh, one of my cohorts found about that. 
Wow. Uh, okay. It, so, but they were, yeah, they were supplying the Contras with supplies, uh, weapons, you know, probably doing a lot of their drug trafficking as well. So, I mean, yeah. that's what it seems like. And that's why, you know, you're bringing up them training gorillas now. I right. mean, that's There's been, a, yeah, been fun. A precedent. Yeah. Yeah, they've been funding gorillas for a long time. Um, you know, Contra, they've been funding Contra gorillas uh, for a long time. So, uh, yeah, that's a fascinating aspect of the story. Like, they really, they fund and actually, like, at this point, train actual dust squad. Right, yeah, definitely. There was, uh, I believe I found a document somewhere that was saying that there was a Mooney, uh, well, there were several Moonies involved with the uh, Bolivian cocaine coup. Right. And uh, overthrowing the government there. Klaus Barbie, yes. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of them was involved in helping train the fighters, I believe. Uh, And then this is not obviously just, you know, like central to Central and Latin America uh, and South America. This was happening all over the globe in the Philippines, uh, for sure. Uh, Places in Africa, obviously Korea. Uh, Japan, Mm -hmm. you know, like all around the world, basically, the Unification Church has its tendrils in some way or another, uh, wrapped into uh, basically all the various right-wing groups, which is how you got World Anti-Communist League, which, in my opinion, really never, though it may not exist under the same name or anything, those connections are and those networks are still very much alive today. Yeah. The world Mm -hmm. that we live in is World Anti-Communist League 2.0. Yes, absolutely. And I'm like you said at the beginning, like the start of the Unification Church being for the purpose of like anti-communism and being in bed with the CIA from the beginning, you know, and whatever that means to us, CIA, obviously they have all kinds of their own little core. You know, we're using that as an umbrella label. It all it all it all makes sense. And driving in uh, the Bush family into the White House for all of those years. I mean, we, you know, it goes back, it goes back to the seventies really where they're, they're having so much control over the Oval Office, you know, for, for all of these years. And it really does seem like the Unification Church drove a lot of that. Um, and certainly had those, had those relate, had those relationships with them. It's just like, it's not what you expect going into this subject. You know, you're like, oh, the Moonies, that was a cult, right? And then you're like, what? It's a cult I'm kind of in, I guess. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because like, you know, no matter who you are in some way or another, your life has probably been touched by some aspect of the Moonies or their propaganda. Right. uh, Or their business. I know. I fucking love sushi. That blew my mind. I was like, motherfucker, they got me. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Um, Well, and... And, like, we talk a lot about the United States bringing, you know, high-level Nazis to to the U.S. After, the, after World War II, which is where you really have this reinvigorated, uh, you know, how do I want to put this? Not reinvigorated. After World War, post-World War II is when something like World Anti-Communist League, like, at least, like, what, it, what it's about, what it stands for. This is when this whole new, we're going to get, very serious about squelching communism like forever we are going to make the boot where communism you'll never even set someday people will never even know that such a thing like existed like that happened like after world war ii right so 
Because, and I just want to interject and say the reason is because they don't want labor unions, but. I mean, I, I mean, yes, in so many, yeah. in so many ways. That's definitely like, that's definitely top of the list, right? Yeah. Um, but they, so, but the Unification Church was part of bringing, like, Klaus Barbie in particular was a Nazi that was in France. They called him um, the Butcher of Lions or something like this. Like, it was horrible. This man was known as a torturer. Um, among other war crimes, he never stood any trial. The Unification Church, I think I'm getting this right, Elisa, brought him to Bolivia, where then he became a drug lord. I can't recall if we brought him there, but we definitely collaborated with him while there as, okay. uh, as his drug lord and then in overthrowing the government of, yeah. Of that, okay. Because it yeah. even says here like this this note that i found about him is like even in the last minute when the city was about to fall into allied hands barbie transported a hundred jews on a train to germany like one when he's like okay everything's we're gonna lose he's like but you're all still getting like transported Jesus off to a death camp. yeah like that's what a crazy p person this is but he winds yeah. up in bolivia um, really actually like they think this on this like I'm reading this on a medium article that somebody put up but there's a possibility um, that Klaus Barbie might have helped US intelligence track down um, Che Guevara's hideout Motherfucker. Anyway. right so this is the high end like stuff that they're into at the end of the day so is is drug traffic I mean it's just very much like the bushes so um and, you know yeah and going on to this to this day so yeah i like i'm so, i'm like anarchists deserve the the drug cartels i feel like I, know, right. be, I would be a really nice drug cartel guy i think <laughs> when we wouldn't have all this exploitation there'd be a very small ration nobody would be able to there get there would be addicted. so much narcan <laughs> Yes. it would be harm reduction like i would not be fucking killing people like it would just be like a fun party and like safe use practices <laughs> safe sites yeah totally yes needle exchanges anything you need you are listening to secret antenna a completely unfunded podcast that we do for free we made a Patreon to help us buy books and equipment, and we post full-length bonus episodes on there, mostly about topics we get a little more wacky on. Access to all of our content starts at a dollar a month, and you can subscribe at patreon.com slash secret antenna. In ways autistic people are potentially more likely to join a cult, uh, just because of the trusting stuff, and also sort of... Uh, you know, the, the sensitivity to justice and I mean, like people on the neurodivergent spectrum in general. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that's definitely been something that's been weaponized against us in general. Um, so that's just something to think of and something to think about because a lot of people that I have met in the Moonies and other cults that, you know, I have come into contact with, I would consider probably somewhere on the neurodivergent scale, you know? Um, Interesting. Yeah. 
Well, and that, I mean, and it makes sense for so many reasons. And I know one thing we had said on this podcast when we were um, talking about the book, The Dawn of Everything, and I was saying, you know, the fourth estate is the media. And I was like, you know, we need like, you have to have like autistic people, neurodivergent people have to be the media because of the sense of fairness. Like, (laughs) right? Like being fair and making sure you have the right information is something that neurodivergent people want to do. Which also makes reason. See, I have chills all over me. It makes the sense, stands to reason that they would want to weaponize neurodivergent people, especially autistic people, and that they would want to cut out our ability, taking out our abilities in school, like what I was talking about with the no child left behind. That's huge. It leaves neurodivergent people really at a loss for exactly yeah. the kind of things that a uh, that a cult wants to fulfill and also like right and also like i have a pretty good sense of humor i really do but sometimes i'm i mean a lot of times i'm like it you're is that is this a joke like i don't sometimes get it right so like that can make you and like and honestly i do pretty well with that but even i have moments where i'm like i'm not sure what's happening right now so that can make you like not you know, it can be hard to socialize, even if you have a great sense of humor. If you don't understand other people's jokes, it makes it hard to say. Anyway, a cult will fulfill that for you. Same. Right. Yeah. Because they're all fake interactions anyhow. Oh, yeah. 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 Like, I know one of my things as an autistic person is that social anxiety. Like, how am I supposed to behave mm-hmm. around people? Right. Well, if there's already like a set routine made for you that you can go into in a like conform yourself to then you don't have to make those those stressful little life decisions on your own they're already made for you so that that whole routine thing i think might also be another reason why people who are neurodivergent because it's those stressful tiny little life decisions that you Mm -hmm. have to make every day that maybe your executive function will not you know Mm -hmm. deal with and you have to have some sort of routine a cult provides that for you you know Instead of having to figure out what works for you, you just like inherit whatever was there before and you're like, I'm going to take this on. And maybe that's hard in ways too, because, you know, masking is never, you know, an easier, like a low energy thing to do. Uh, But Mm -hmm. sometimes people find their weird little niche in that. Like I know my dad, I would probably consider him very on the spectrum somewhere. Uh, Both of my parents, honestly, but my dad is still very into the church stuff and that's his whole life. And he has found his purpose through that. You know what I mean? Uh, And it kind of runs everything that he does in every little aspect of his day. Cause they're both right. Cause your parents continue. They're still doing this. So my dad is very involved, but my mom is kind of estranged from it. She still believes in moon, but she hates the organization and the people involved for the most part, except for a couple of her close friends, um, because she has always been one to speak up against abuse that was happening in the community or anything that she saw that was wrong uh, or any inconsistencies or, you know, like anything that leadership did wrong. She's always been one to, you know, try to hold people accountable. Um, She's also disabled. So she got blackballed very heavily for both of those things and got called evil and stuff throughout my entire childhood. Uh, And so has never been on good terms with the church because of that. So God, wait, disabled is evil? I know this part Um, is new. There is is that part of it too, yeah. So uh, supposedly in the Mooney ideology, if you have some sort of disability, it's you're paying indemnity for the sins of your ancestors. Oh, that's just, uh, so many of the things that you say fall in so strongly with like Herbert Spencer. Is that a philosopher you're familiar with? 
I don't know much about him, but I'm going to have to look into this. Yeah, he actually is the one who coined the phrase survival of the fittest, which was actually not part of, like, I have lots to say about the Darwins that is not flattering, but yeah. uh, it's more flattering than this. He, the, he was actually the one that said that, and it was an economic thing from the beginning so he mm. wanted he said if you kind of made it impossible for people with disabilities to survive economically that people with disabilities would basically take themselves out of the right. human cycle right and so so right. much of what you're saying comes into like his his belief system here with this 100%, very yeah yeah, very interesting. And just, and the world that we're living in. I'm like, because yeah. that, right? Everything that we're talking about comes back to like the fruition to me of what he believed. And then like it matches very much of, you know, Moon. It just seems like Moon was like very good at like, what are the worst ideas that people have ever had? Let me, <laughs> let me hold all of them at once. Oh my God, for real, <laughs> seriously. Like uh, he definitely took on the William Branham serpent seed uh, thing about like Eve having sex and that was the fall uh, with, with, with the snake or Satan or whatever and then spreading the sin to Adam. Um, I'm still looking for um, a, like a, a stronger link to William Branham stuff because that guy was Jim Jones's like teacher and like a, oh, some other guys who started cults right so i'm sure i'm still looking for that direct link but the the fact that they took on that little bit of his ideology in and of itself to me is just like oh that's that's a problem i mean everything about the movies is a problem I mean, right but like that in and of itself i'm like there's something maybe there so i've been looking for that oh yeah no i believe that because it just seems like it's like the connection between this a strong connection between those two groups seems ever lurking it you know really, like yeah it's yeah. there i'm i'm almost yeah i'm like pretty positive it is and it's just about finding it and i don't know if that's something that'll ever come about in my lifetime or whatever anything you know like right to prove it but I have questions about that. I have questions about Colonia Dignidad. I have questions about like a lot of other, you know, cult situations. Clearly Scientology is in the pocket of the oh, yeah. intelligence apparatus as well. Um, yeah. So, I mean, like, I think it's, uh, I think a lot of the cults that we saw rise up over the last 50, 75 years are honestly kind of that. That makes sense. I mean, it really does. And it makes sense with technology. I mean, like, I don't I don't know so much about like old timey cults because do we call them cults? Then it's just like with technology, the way that it is and with the way that we live in the modern world, there's just less ability to say like, oh, people need these connections for information or to stay safe. That's not what we're talking about here. These are all really for-profit mind control mm. situations. Yeah, yeah yes. definitely. And that like brings us into like the modern era QAnon thing, which is like, yeah. you don't have to be in close proximity to the people in a cult anymore to be in a cult. You can just be in a virtual cult and it's, yeah. it functions well, pretty much the same. And the way you brought Gamergate and like QAnon up here, again, you know, all of these are, um, it's interesting because like Gamergate, when you bring that, I mean, that's such a subject that needs so much more attention from like a parapolitical like standpoint that people have never really given it. And I think we're all kind of realizing that, but like, 
like the way Gamergate was undertaken, and I'm assuming that any of our listeners are at least going to understand there. You can look up the Wikipedia page on it. I know you all can. Um, the way that was waged and the points of how that was waged seems very much to come out of things that were learned. MK Ultra, Unification Church, like it all seems like to come, be coming out of things that were learned already. And then, you know, to bring in QAnon, which is this really interesting phenomena in the way that it manages to use this seemingly chaotic buffet, like a la carte belief system, but not chaotic or a la carte at all. You know, both of those things come up together today and they're all, and they are all really connected to the baseline of anti-communism. Yep. Crazy yeah. enough. So one thing that um, I like my partner actually told me, he was like, look at this horrible fun fact. And he said today <laughs> that like one in 20 Americans own assault rifles. But then I'm like, I know a lot of people and I know very, very few people that own those types of weapons. So then I think about, you know, like, where is the concentration of where these weapons are? And then, you know, the unification church, it's a whole fucking lot of people in that church. And now assault rifles specifically are like such a big part. Or, I mean, this is from the little bit that I've learned, Elisa, I'm sure you can talk more about this, but assault weapons are like a really big part of seemingly the culture that is happening in the unification church right now. So definitely within the rod of iron sect. Uh, the other sects, I don't think have quite as much of a, they don't have quite as much of a focus on guns that, uh, not that it's not there, you know, like they have historically, there has been stuff like that, but that's, you know, not been like to the forefront. Uh, but rod of iron is definitely taking it to more of like, everybody is part of a militia. Uh, yeah, kind of so it's way. like that specific schism that's maybe happening there. They're focused right. on the, yeah. the rifles. But yeah, Definitely. apparently he said that like, like, yeah, the raw of iron thing is like this specific Bible passage where Jesus like had a raw of iron, which is like widely believed to have been talking about a staff. But these people are like, he had an American made <laughs> AR-15, which is just like, he had the car so Trump gun. <laughs> yes. Like he, like Jesus Christ of Nazareth had an american-made ar-15 so then at that point i'm like are you guys talking about time travel now like <laughs> how do you i mean make they these do channeling so <laughs> yeah but i i guess it just it spurned the saw for me of like there's it's not one in 20 normal people that have assault weapons. It's like, there's very fucking concentrated groups of people that have, that are hoarding these weapons. And that makes me feel afraid. Yeah. I <laughs> would say the only two groups of people I know that have assault weapons are the people who are on the right, who are planning to use it for, yeah. you know, something. And people on the left who are like, I need to fucking get a gun to protect myself, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I have a gun. I know a lot of people with guns, but like assault rifles specifically, like I don't, yeah. I mean, I personally don't know a ton of people with it, but like in my opinion, I mean, Elisa, you said so many, so many extremely interesting things today that are just mm -hmm. making me think about like my big picture theories about things. And like one thing that I think about is how like really this country has always been at civil war 
like and currently we're like literally in a civil war like there's mass shootings all the fucking time how is that not a symptom of a war that we're all in you know and then thinking about like where the weapons are concentrated that definitely makes me i mean i really am like i don't personally feel like i want an assault rifle because it is problematic (laughs) at least but then i think about like well when shit pops off to the more extreme like these people are very very armed with guns that are a lot scarier than my little fucking glock or whatever you know i will say they are very prepared they're very prepared yeah and the militia the fucking guerrilla training like i'm just like this is shit that anarchist should be doing but like i you know i i just like to garden really (laughs) yeah i like cooking i like uh like making sure people have nice things like (laughs) don't want to have to like you know think of the prospect of our lives devolving into a war zone even more than it is yeah but i think that's something that you know is worth thinking about because it could easily and probably will be the outcome of the next whoever who knows how many long years you know because it's like it's one of those things where it's we've clearly been in a in a civil war for you know quite a while now and it has been hot but not consistently hot um to the point where people are definitely like gaslit into thinking that there's not something going on Mm -hmm. in the first place Mm -hmm. um and i don't know exactly you know like when where where do you say where like the official beginning of something like that is or where it like actually starts to get like more consistently hot who knows and it's like one of those things you don't know what could spur that it could Mm -hmm. be something that anybody says it could be something that happens it could be another disaster it could be another pandemic like who knows and it's like horrifying to think about honestly um but yeah, uh, I think like living in New Orleans and really over the past two years only having like the Confederate monuments, street names, the, the those names changing, which are, mm-hmm. you know, like some people say, oh, it's performative, but actually it's not. It's a it's a really big deal to like mm-hmm. change those things and take those monuments down. Yeah. So then when I'm in this city and I'm not from here. But then you come down here and you're like, holy shit, this is fucking crazy. This never stopped. Like these Mm -hmm. kids go to schools named after leaders from the losing team of a four year war 200 years ago. (laughs) Yeah. It's fucking crazy. Yeah. Overwhelming. Our law, our big culture, you know, it's like kids, if you send your kids to school, which there's lots of reasons to do that, you know, um, you got to re you got to, when they come home, you got to debrief them. You're like, all right, what'd they tell you? All right. None of it's true. Let's start over at the beginning. And that's a lot for, that's a lot for people to have to do and people to have to counteract if they even know to do it. So, But that is the reason that we have these podcasts and that we are all uh, getting to know each other and creating more and more like leftist networks that talk about these these deep uh, rabbit holes, as we do call them. So uh, thank you again, Elisa. We have enjoyed you so much today. And uh, thanks for coming on. Thank you so much. I've had a great time. I appreciate y'all inviting me on here.
Elisa, you got to come back. You brought up too many things that we got to sure. talk about more. <laughs> that would be, be great. That's Thanks, Elisa. It was so nice to finally meet you in a you know conversation way. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Speed, but she's not getting to them.